We need to talk. 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 Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk with your hostess, Pariah Sinclair. On this podcast, I talk with a variety of queer icons, notable queer people that are doing amazing things in their own communities. On this special episode, we have an amazing guest. He is doing great things within the queer community in Baltimore. And we will learn all about that. Please put your hands together for the one only Mr. Philip Westry. I love that. I love that. So I'm I'm an icon now. You're an icon. I like I'm, I'm gonna accept that. I mean, the the word is is used so loosely now that <laughs> everyone's an icon. You're an icon. I'm yeah, everyone's an icon, mama. House down boots. I feel like I'm more of like an Aldi level icon. <laughs> exactly. But you know, we need Aldi. But yeah, but th- there are levels to it. There are levels to icons. But no, but you are seriously doing amazing things in the community, which we will talk about. But what I want to know, first and foremost, in this moment, how are you doing? How are you in this present moment? I'm doing really, really well. Like I'm like at the right place in my career. I am loving like my neighborhood. It's springtime now. My husband still looks cute. Like, <laughs> like thank God for all of it. That's amazing. So how long have you and your husband been together? Oh my gosh. So we've been married now for seven years. We hit seven years about a week and a half ago. Well, congratulations. But yeah, seven years of marriage in the gay community mm-hmm. is like 30. Like that, that's like three decades in like this in the straight world. So that's amazing. No, I'm really proud of us. Like all is all has been is us saying, okay, yeah, I'll keep saying. I'll just keep saying. He seems okay. <laughs> so how long have you been like together, like like including the marriage? <laughs> we actually got married after about seven months. Oh shit. So oh. we did, you know. I found out he was rich and then I found out he wasn't rich. <laughs> That was my attempt at, you know, being a kept man and didn't quite get there. Seven months. So, like, I'm guessing, like, after those seven months, like, you you just knew? I would say I knew probably, like, week two, week three. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did y'all meet? We met online. We met on <laughs> Match.com. Oh, real, Match.com? For real. Okay. For real. Oddly enough, I forget how I ended up on Match.com. I think I had a Groupon or something, <laughs> and I used it. <laughs> and then, you know, look, I got a husband and a house and a dog now. Thank you to Match.com. Okay. Yeah, this is all a paid sponsorship for Groupon, everybody. Th- that's how we're doing it. We're sneaking the paid sponsorship in there. But no, that, that's amazing. I feel like lesbians are so known. Like, the stereotype is that lesbians, you know, they, they meet. And then like the U-Haul and then like. Right. I'm not even going to tell you how quickly we moved in together. Oh, Jesus. How, how, it doesn't how... matter. Right? It's all in the past. <laughs> it was fast, though. Let's just say it was fast. It was fast. See, that's the thing. Like, I see like these couples in general that like, you know, they have their walls down and they don't have trust issues and they just like take someone in like that. 
and I just good for y'all. Good for y'all. It takes me a couple a couple weeks to even like learn your last name. No, truly, no, no. There's like there have been some dates where I don't even know the guy's first. I don't remember the guy's first name, but I like then him. But I like him as a person. So like, say like he pays for the for the date. I'll I'll like pass the card to the waiter and I'll look at the card real quick to 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 like see his name. Yeah. Wow, that's a mess. It is a mess, and here I am. So you see how I'm doing at this moment. How are you doing? I'm doing, honestly, I'm doing well. I can't complain. I'm starting this podcast back up. I took a break last year because the drag was getting super busy and everything. So, but now I'm in a space where I feel like I can balance drag in my day job, in this podcast. I'm getting help on my podcast. I'm having a friend that's helping editing it and like uploading it. Good. That is good to hear. I'm glad that you like hit me up the other day. Okay, so y'all, I messaged this man on Facebook. He didn't open it. I saw him at a drag show, and I had to like, like, be that girl. And be like, hey, did you check your Facebook message? And he did. He didn't. But I, here we are on this Zoom call. Listen, anyone who's listening, Pariah will like hunt you down, like you owe her money. Oh, okay? I'm serious. Like, if if I want you to like be a part of something. Bitch, like, I am aggressive. Like, I, I don't play games. Like, because I know, like, especially, like, busy. Like, we're, we're all working people. We're all busy. So I get it. Like, we, 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 we may not check our notifications. But, bitch, I will, like, triple text you. I will email, text, grind. No, bitch, I have, I have some people, I have some people messages on Grindr. Like, reminding them, hey, like, do you want to do the podcast? You're like, you want to do the podcast and send me pics? <laughs> I want both of these right now. Exactly. See, uh, w- when I put the networking thing on my grinder profile, I'm not joking. Every no moment, <laughs> every moment is a networking moment. Everybody, if you, you if you don't learn anything else from this podcast, every moment is a networking moment. So the drag show we were at was a competition. How did you? So which I thought that was amazing that you were supporting. Not only local drag, but like a, a local drag competition where you have new new drag artists and also like drag artists that have been doing it for a minute come in and like show their craft. How long have you been supporting drag shows? Oh my goodness. I mean, I think I started going like around the same time I came out, I probably started like going to drag shows at Central, OG Central, the Hippo, and then like, you know, random spots. I mean, there used to be. It used to just be like, I don't know, it was, a, it was a different vibe back when I was a kid <laughs> with drag. But that's when I started. And then, you know, I think I sort of stepped away from going to drag shows for a little bit. Just, I don't know why. Like, I kind of like lost touch with the community yeah. for some reason. But then I'll say like the last five years or so, like we've just been going. And then the pandemic, like, I don't know. It was so hard to support a drag queen during the pandemic. But I did what I could. Hello. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. It was. It was a lot. You know, it's not perfect. Like, obviously, we're still in the pandemic. I just saw yesterday that Philly is reinstating their indoor mask mandate. So, like, we're still in the shit. So. That's tough. I did not know that. Um, Philly is one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, I just saw that. Because, yeah, I've been wanting to go back to Philly. Because it's been, like, a year since I visited. 
and I st- I'll still visit, but yeah, that's tough. It's it's hard, man, it, especially in, in a city like it's just because it you know there's so many people like it's it's even with masks and stuff it's hard to like avoid like transmitting like th- that type of virus. It is, and then yeah, you know, it's and the nature of our community pre-COVID was always like being together in close spaces, and some of our our favorite places are very small and. I miss, you know, being in those places and really miss being with everybody that way. Oh, I, I would hate to see us go, go, go back. Knock on, yes. knock on wood, knock on wood. Yes, everybody keep your, keep your, your vaccine stuff up. If they ask you to get a fourth one, get it. A fifth one, go ahead and get it. No, sir. Um, yeah, I think, I think in June I'll be needing my second booster, but yeah. So you, so last time when I had this podcast, I asked people like, what have you learned about the, what have you learned from the pandemic, all that, but I don't want to harp on the past. What I do want to ask is whether it is today or this current week, what have you learned? What is something new you have learned? You know, I, I, I've learned a few things, but one thing is for sure. My mom always had the best sense on like how to keep up a house. And so every Saturday morning, she would put some Luther Mandros on and like clean the house and like clean the house from like five o'clock in the morning to like, I would say like nine in the morning, because then we would end up going to a yard sale. But like I started doing that a couple weeks ago and I was like, I got to start taking care of my little house. So so it's not looking a mess during the week. And that's something I'm like, I'm going to try to do now going forward and for all of y'all take that time you know clean up your space and just do it for yourself even if you're just like reorganizing something like just do it for yourself because you deserve that like that time to like clear your clutter declutter whatever you need to do no i totally agree it's yeah because obviously less so now but especially when we were in the pandemic we were you know forced to be at home so you know especially when you're home all the time you don't want to live in clutter you don't want to live in that kind of chaos so yeah, I think it's it's really good to like, you know, like constantly, you know, refreshing your home, cleaning your home, organizing everything, decluttering, getting rid of shit. You don't want to be a hoarder. It's easy to become one though. It it really is, especially like the like, you know, the fucking the um the way like, you know, realtors and property management companies are trying to like sell these fucking tiny ass places for thousands of dollars of rent. So it's like when you're living in a tiny ass space but you have a lot of shit, you know, it can accumulate. But fortunately, I am moving in a month. I'm moving to a two-bedroom. So Pariah is going to get her new, her own bedroom, which I'm very Ooh. excited about. Yes. She deserves her own bedroom. She does deserve her own bedroom. She shares half a closet right now. So she deserves a whole bedroom. Yeah, I don't see how that's even working. It's kind of not. Um, so, like, the the outfits are in, like, half the closet, but then the wigs are on the wall. And the, actually, the wigs are on the wall, and the wigs are kind of, like, throughout my apartment. So, like, there's some wigs on a bookshelf, and then there's some wigs in the bathroom closet. So, then, like, when you're dating... Is it like, <laughs> does someone come over and they're just like, a wig falls on them? And they're just like, 
you just wait to see what their reaction is. Like, is this a keeper? If they just keep it moving, they're good. If, uh, if they like comb the wig out and put it back, <laughs> then they're even better. So most of the time, guys do know, like, that I'm a drag queen, what they're getting into. I will say one time this guy came over and he, I didn't tell him I was a drag queen. And we were like, I don't even know if we made out or anything, but we were in my room and he was there for a little bit. And then he was like, yeah, I got to go. And he walked out. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was one time out of the, the I don't even want to say the, many, the, many? the number of hookups I've had. But yeah, that happened one time where it was pretty obvious, like, why he was walking out, which I don't blame him. You know, everyone, every, you know, I, I wouldn't want to, if I, if, I don't know, being with a drag queen, even, even just hooking up with a drag queen is a lot, so. All the reasons to be like, I just, I just gotta go. <laughs> it's a lot, though, especially, like, dating as a drag queen, like, yeah, it's, it, that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast, and I think I've talked about it on other episodes. So, I want to get into you, Phil. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So this is what I ask every guest. How would you describe yourself in a few words? You know, like I love, I love this question. I think of some of the people that I work with, they would probably describe me as like a cheerleader, very loyal. And they would also probably say that I thrive on like some sort of team spirit. Cause that's when I feel like I'm doing something. Cause like you're, I'm not the person who's like, I got it all. I have all the answers. I always feel like a collaboration is a really good way. And I also get really disappointed when I work with somebody who's like just absolutely shitty on my team. I'm like, so many people are working so hard. And then you are just, you are just not with the team. What is that about? Like we're like we're and you know, I think of I think of what you do. I think of when you're putting on shows. And this is why I really appreciate drag and like sort of the idea of like putting on a drag show in any space in a bar. It's similar when I put on like a legal clinic. I got my little team that I know is going to show up and then I'm asking other people to show up. I'm asking community partners to show up. If it all works out well, everybody ends up happy. Everybody leaves like, you know, with something. But when there's one person, one group, you're like, oh, here we go. But I got to pull this person along. I got to pull that group along. So, yeah, I would say cheerleader, teammate, loyal. Well, yeah, that sounds like me. Loyal. Loyal. Oh, I think it's loyal. loyal. Okay, loyal. <laughs> okay, no, I love that. I love that. So yeah. for those that I don't know, so you are a lawyer. I am. So we will get to your current position, but how long have you been a lawyer? How long have you been practicing law? Yeah, I'm going on 10 years, Pariah. That's it is almost, look at this. And you know what? They, uh, they still keep on every year. I'm like, you sure I can keep practicing? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll keep doing it then. Yeah, I've been doing it for 10 years. I love it. I've always been doing public interest work. So it's, I don't think I've ever collected a client fee before, which is weird. Like I've worked with hundreds of people and I've ne they've never had to pay because it's always been free, the services. So. Oh, wow. So what did you, like, I guess, what did you specialize like your, your legal degree? Like what were you practicing before your current position? Like, so law school... You know, you kind of get this sort of general education, but I always knew I wanted to do something along the lines of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So when I got out, I started doing foreclosure prevention. So that was during the foreclosure crisis when I got out. 
and people were losing their homes. I was doing that work, you know, helping people, you know, in that sense. And then as my career expanded, I started doing landlord tenant work and then other consumer debt issues. So credit card issues, that kind of thing. And then, you know, recently I've gotten more into civil rights work, which is very exciting. Yeah. So that leads us to what you're doing now. So tell everyone like what organization you work for and what your position is. Yeah. So I am the legal director at an organization called Free State Justice. We are a legal services and advocacy organization that represents mostly low-income LGBTQ people across the state. The majority of our clients come from Baltimore. Majority of our clients are Black or trans or, or youth. That tends to be where we help most people. And, you know, the cases that we, we help with range from like legal name changes to family law issues and discrimination. So it's fulfilling, it's very challenging, but we have like a really good team, especially I would say over these last like year or so, the way that the, the organization has been heading. I'm really happy about what we're going to do in the future. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad that there is an organization that is advocating for queer people, especially low-income queer people. Yeah, because it's tough because there's, there's no one else advocating for us, you know, when it comes to the state or like justice system. So it's good that there's an organization of people that are doing it out of, out of like their heart, you know. And- right. We're the, only, we're the only legal services organization in the whole state that's just for LGBTQ people. Wow. Like, it's just us. There are a couple of private firms that specialize in LGBTQ like legal issues. You know, they're private and, you know, they cost money. Yeah. We're the only one that you can come to for free. So it's a lot of responsibility. I'm like, I'm like the legal director there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was, I was just going just gonna to go into that because that's like a really, that's a, a big job title. Like to like, you, you can throw it around at like a dinner party. Like, I'll party, like I'm, a, I'm a legal director. What are you? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely something you can, especially if, if you're in DC, you can throw that shit down on the table. But like, yeah, I'm a legal director. And you know, I mean, maybe every once in a while, if I need to, if somebody's getting a little too big for their britches, I'm like, okay, <laughs> sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, there are other people doing things. I have a, we have a really good team. Like I got like a, I like, I really like my, like the team of people there. We're small, but we're, we're miny. And how, how long have you been with this organization? I'm their new legal director. I started in December. That's amazing. Um, wow. I guess, let me give, I guess, a little, a quick plug about the services yeah, and how just... you can access them. You can go to freestatejustice.org and click on legal services and fill out our, our short application and you will get called back the next day. Unless you filled it out on Friday, then you'll get called on Monday. And we have live intake hours Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 12 so if you call us during those during those hours, someone will answer the phone and you can probably talk to one of the attorneys. That's amazing. That's amazing. So if anyone that is listening that needs these services, that needs to be advocated for, please go to the website. Or, you know, if you, you know, you find Philip Westry on Grinder, he <laughs> is at couple at couple looking 69. No, just kidding. But seriously, if you are in need of these services, Please go to Free State. Freestatejustice.org. Freestatejustice.org. Yeah. Pride, so- don't be putting out our grinder stuff, okay? <laughs> 
That is uh, not for the general public, all right? Yeah, it's just for all the faceless profiles that say Anon for now. Torsos only, please. Torsos only. Amen. So going from that, <laughs> speaking of torsos <laughs> only, so you ran for city council, did it in the middle of a pandemic, which is like also amazing. I did. I ran for city council and the election, primary election was in 2020. It was pushed back to June of 2020 because of the pandemic. I did that. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm, I'm really happy with like the way that we ran. It was like thoughtful and smart and honest. And we almost knocked out an incumbent. It's one of those things where I look back on, of course, it didn't feel good when I lost. Yeah. <laughs> and I still remember how many votes I lost by, but it feels good that I was able to do it and leave like, like I didn't embarrass myself. There were no scandals, which in Baltimore city politics could definitely happen. Oh my God. Uh, it, right. Like, look, and the, if I had won, I would have been the first openly LGBTQ person at, at city hall, which I didn't even realize. I didn't. I didn't realize we had never had anyone at the local level. At least, well, no one out at the local level. Yeah. So what did you learn from, like, running for public office? I mean, listen, there's a, there are a few things, because it's one of those things where I could, be, I could be funny about it. I learned that, you know, politi- politics can be very petty. I was able to, like, pull together a lot of different types of people from different parts of my district. Like, the district that I was trying to run to win is majority Black. But it's very divided. Like it's like if you lived on one side of the district, you're talking about how often your recycling is getting getting picked up. But if you live on the other side of the district, you're talking about like like violent crime and, you know, being concerned about, you know, walking home safely. And so trying to craft a message and then policy that would speak to both of those different groups and speak to them honestly, that was that was tough. And then really looking at the people who were hardest hit and trying to talk to them and try to convince them, that was, you know, something else that I learned. And I, I loved it. It was actually kind of just an extension of the work that I, that I was doing as an attorney. So it was easy to knock on doors. It was easy to get people to kind of get an idea of who I was and like the stuff I cared about. I talked a lot about housing and education. And so that part in a way was, it was almost... I don't want to say it was easy, but it was it was a very natural fit. I, I learned that I, I'm a people person and I, I I enjoyed I really enjoyed parts of it. It was just the, the other politics of it that wasn't fun. Would you ever run again? So my husband may hear this. So <laughs> I'm going to say I would I am thinking about it. I would have to consult with my family. <laughs> yeah, I would seriously consider it. But it all, you know, it all depends. Like this, this job is, there's so much responsibility. And so, yeah, I would think about it. It really depends on like where we are in a year or so. Because you, you have really have to make a decision pretty, I'd have to make a decision pretty soon. But no, that's still, I, I think every position comes with a lot of like challenges and responsibilities. But like city council, that's a big responsibility because you are the face. Like you are the most direct face like to the people, you know? Yep. And people know you, they know where you live, they know what grocery store you shop exactly. at. Exactly, where, where, where you get a drink, yeah. Yeah, where you walk, which way you walk to and from work. Because like the way that, the way that these districts are drawn, they are so, they are tiny. And so, <laughs> there were people that I was meeting, you know, and they were like, oh, you're Philip and you're running for this. And I was like, how do you even know that? 
And it's just like, oh, I talked to my neighbor. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's small. It's small. What about you, Pariah? What's up? When, when, when are you running? Like, let's, <laughs> let's plan your campaign. I, I think my mouth will get me in so much trouble. So I'm good. Because I already have to watch what I say when it comes to drag. So, like, watching what I have to say, like, I, no, that's, I'll leave that to someone else. It is a crazy thing to do. I'll say that. It yeah. is something, if I never do it again, it'll be one of those things where I was like, wow, I did that. And that was wild. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, did I bring the pandemic? Like, <laughs> there was no pandemic when I started. And then all of a sudden, yeah, pandemic like, yeah, pops because, up. Exactly. Because it's like all of the, the issues that you were trying to, you're trying to face or trying to, you know, figure out before the pandemic. You kind of got to put those to the side and be like, oh, no, now we have to, like, figure out how to, like, you know, address all these co- the COVID issues. So I remember the day where we where we realized we couldn't door knock anymore. Like, that was wild. Like, we had I had just hired I already had one person full time. I just hired somebody else full time and we were hiring part time people. And it was like, oh, yeah, there's no more door knocking. I was like, what? What, what am I going to do with all these people anyway? my political ambitions. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I think you would make an amazing city council person at whatever type of position you would run for. I think you're obviously intelligent, you're well-spoken, and you're, you're queer. And we, we need more fucking queer people. If I can say running as openly, openly queer is interesting, it was less challenging than I thought it was going to be. But there were definitely a couple moments where I knocked on someone's door and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm Philip. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about you. You that gay one that's running, right? And I was like, oh, yes, I'm the gay one. But I know that was a decision that I made early on. I was like, so I, if you ever met my husband, like he's actually kind of hard to hide. Like he, he's not like a little guy. I can't yeah. like push him off to the side. But I was like, I, I'm going to run being like, this is who I'm married to. And my family was out there supporting us. And really wanting to show that like we marched in pride in 2019 and it was a big group of us and we marched and I, I re- and my mom was up there with me and convinced me to wear these t- very tight shorts that I upon <laughs> reflection feel like they were maybe a little too tight for me to be running for a city council but you know what I think they also worked but she mom approved it mom approved it I'll say but it was kind of cool to have my friends and my family there and and being like let's do it that's a feeling that, you know, you're like, oh, do I want to do that again? That's amazing. That's amazing. Did you get a, like, I, I don't know. I feel like as queer people, like, when you, like, meet someone that's not queer, especially, like, when you're, like, I don't know, having conversation or networking, whatever, did, did you get a lot of, like, oh, I support you, man. Oh, I don't judge. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of that type of those comments. I did. I did. I had some people, like, trying to do the calculation in their minds about how they could, like, but I was like, will you then also tell your 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 next door neighbor that you're supporting me? Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh yeah, bro. Oh no, I get it. No, that life is um, you know, that's a, that's something that people get into. And I was like, into. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, when I meet a lot, of, like not a lot, but when I meet some straight people, like at like I don't know, it's just like I don't know. And they're like, oh yeah, like like I, like I don't judge. I support everybody. Like it's like they're trying to like prove their openness and their you know their acceptance. Like, they're trying the real hard. Yeah. They're trying really, really, really hard to, to prove something to somebody. 
Yeah, and and then, and then they'll hit you with, oh, my brother is gay. Oh, my friend is gay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like my barber's nephew is gay. Like oh, exactly. Uh, know him? Yeah, like there there needs to be a class. Like not only like obviously LGBT education, amazing, but there needs to be a class for straight people on how to navigate. No, a class for queer people on how to navigate the straight world. That needs right? to be a, that needs to be a class. It's not easy. No, it's it's really not easy. I, well, let me give you an example of like the types of clients, the types of cases we're having. Like there, there are people who are calling in and saying that they're having employment law issues, right? And they're being discriminated against at work, and they're being mis- misgendered, or their people are awkwardly, clumsily trying to figure out how they put this person in a box. Sometimes, like we're, we're just sort of sitting back and like we'll talk as after we talk to the person's like, what is wrong with these straight people? And like, it is, though it's a lot of weight on an individual to be like, this is the spectrum of the, of the straight response that you're going to get. Like you could easily get, oh, okay, cool. What are your pronouns? To like something completely unexpected. That is very much where we are right now. With your cases, like, I, I guess, do you get a large, large percentage of, of like employment related issues? Yeah, a ton of employment-related issues. We get housing discrimination, you know, every once in a while, especially when you have a landlord who, like, lives very close. Sometimes, like, a landlord has, like, a multi-unit dwelling, and they live in one of the units, and they get to a point where they're like, well, I only want this type of person living in the unit above me, and that's crazy. You can't do that. The employment law issues, yeah, some of them are the vast majority of them, unfortunately, are trans people. And like mm. when we, there are stats out there about how difficult it is, one, to find work as a trans person and to also like keep work. It's so evident in the treatment because people, because I don't know, it feels like everybody's just so far behind. Like you, we've started to see, like I, I go every morning I'm at the gym and I see a commercial with like, two old gay guys holding hands or kissing or something. I'm like, damn, on the commercial back in our day, it was like, it was a very special episode. You know, <laughs> you could only see at 10 o'clock. But I feel like as far as like the trans community goes, like it's still so far behind. People are still like getting used to seeing trans folks that like we're still dealing with like the very, very random questions that come up. And, you know, of course, God forbid, like the, the violence that happens, because that that's very much still it's very much still happening and it's present. That's the work. Yeah. That is the work. Does your organization work with Baltimore State Haven? We do. That's amazing. We, do. we have a pretty good relationship with, with Aya and the whole team there at Safe Haven. I'm looking forward to doing some more activities with Aya and everybody coming up. As soon as I get dates, as soon as we get things like settled, I'm always happy to like tell everybody about yes. it. But we're still working out, working on some things. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Baltimore Safe Haven is a nonprofit that helps at-risk trans youth, or is it all trans? Trans? Youth? Is it their age limit, or is it trans youth? Mm-hmm. They they help as far as I've seen. Like their target is trans youth and yeah. and trans folks who are in crisis. But they, it seems like they help everybody. It looks like. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. And I know they help them with like finding housing and finding jobs. Aya Damons, who I've tried, who I reached out to, to come to, to come on the podcast, but I don't see her out to bother her, but I would love to have her on the podcast. 
Yeah, because I know she is super duper involved. She is the director, like the the that she runs Baltimore Safe Haven. She would be amazing to talk to. One day it would happen, but just the the, the work that she does is amazing. Yeah. The good luck. <laughs> you might have to just you might have to just run up on Safe Haven with like I know with like a recorder and just be like I know and yeah because the fact that I got like Jabari Lyles on my first season was like I he was the one that I had to message on Grinder. Literally. See, why are you putting Jabari's grinder out there? No, we we talked about it in, in the episode. If you want to go back and uh, the episodes to find Jabari's episode. But yeah, no, I mean I get it. All of y'all, y'all do amazing work, uh, selfless work. So I it's hard to like track y'all down. Yeah. No, Jabari Jabari is I think a, that was a get. Because yeah, Jabari is really hard to nail down and is a really big advocate in the city. I think one of the things I'm trying to do now that I'm I've been kind of pushed towards this like LGBTQ leadership role is to get all of these different people who are doing amazing things in the room with each other more often and really letting some of the old like whatever beefs about whatever happened to whenever and whoever kind of move on because sometimes we're fighting beefs from like 10 years ago that didn't even involve us so i'm like that's where i am so when it, when it comes to our services i'm always like hey everybody's welcome if you want to put your name on it you can put your name on it you can say that you helped out but we we got to focus on you know the people who really need the help and i think jabari's about that conversation and uh so is aya so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna Fix some things. Yes, I love yeah. that. I think like, when it comes to like the, the social justice, that type of atmosphere, I don't know what the issues are, but it's amazing in general, like how petty some of the stuff, when, as queer people, how petty some of the, the issues or the beefs or the arguments can be that, you know, prevents collaboration. What about you? I've worked with several people I don't like. Like, yeah. And they wouldn't know. I'm like, I got a yeah. job to do, I got something to do. We gonna move past this. Actually, I'm pretty sure you work with some people you don't like. Oh, all the time. I don't have the facts. I, I have w- the facts. But... <laughs> I was. Gonna, I was just gonna say that. Uh, like, if if me as a drag queen, if I could pick to work with people I only liked, I would work with three people. I swear to God, I would work with three people every gig. I'm kind of exaggerating, but that's the thing. It's like, especially with drag, or and even in your work, you don't choose yeah. who you work with. So you, yep. you, you just got to work with them. Now, listen, so much of the stuff that we do is geographic based. So like, for example, I'm doing a, a what's it called? A clinic in Easton, Maryland for their pride. And there's a group out there called Mitchell Pro Bono. They're great. But it, and they just so happen to be great. And I happen to enjoy like working with their director. But if I didn't, I would still be doing that clinic out there. And me and that director will figure it out. I'll say I'm gonna be down the street. You coming? I'm gonna be in your in your hood giving legal advice. What what are you gonna do? And I think that's what we have to do. Like, cause at the end of the day, like I think of all the groups we have in Baltimore, we're oftentimes sh- like we share the same client base. Like there might be somebody who comes to my organization for legal services who might go to Aya's organization for like supportive housing, who might go to the Pride Center for you know some of their services that they do, some of the classes that they do. I, re- I refuse to be in a beef with any anybody. And if, if anyone's ever heard, if anyone's ever said, oh, Philip said this about you, it's not true. I've never. <laughs> Only if he has a couple like vodka tonics in him. 
And then, you know, if it's 10 o'clock at Central. Hey. <laughs> Unless you're like, okay, Philip, I've texted you, I've emailed you. Will you come on my podcast? Like I said, I'm coming on your damn podcast. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Like, uh, yeah, but no. Yeah. But again, I am grateful that you made the time to come on my podcast. So that, so we are on the last section. We're the last part. So I, I have like changed like the, the last part of this podcast a couple of times and I want to try to keep it positive. So yeah. this is called rave about it. So what is something you can't stop talking about? You can't stop raving about something that like you've seen, you heard that you want to share with other people. Okay. So we have been absolutely obsessed with Abbott Elementary. It is this little TV show. It airs on ABC and then they show it on Hulu. I am obsessed with what's her name? Quinta Brunson. Quinta Brunson. Brunson. Quinta Brunson. And it is just the sweetest little show. And they and I don't know, it's just perfect. And that's all I've been telling people about. You have to watch it. It's about a group of teachers who uh, work in an inner city Philadelphia elementary school, elementary middle school, and them just like trying to do their jobs day to day. And it just reminds me of like when I used to work in in high schools, it reminds me of the work I do now where you just sometimes scraping it together and you're like, oh, okay, we did a little bit better than we thought we would. So that's what I'm absolutely raving about right now. Yeah, I watched that as well. I think it's so funny. And I'm so happy that it's getting all these great reviews and people are watching it. The network sitcom is like kind of dying. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like in general, no one watches TV in real time anymore. That's not a thing. So the fact that, you know, people are watching it in real time or they're watching it the day after, especially a 30 minute or 20, 22 minute sitcom, like it's amazing. It's so funny. Like I knew Quinta from like BuzzFeed. I, when I was in like middle and high school, I would quote her video. Oh, he got money. Like that. that oh my God. The yeah. um, girl who's not used to a nice date. Yes. A large. Oh, he got money. Like I would, I would, I would quote that all the time. I mean, the fact that she has Cheryl Lee Ralph on that show, oh. who is like, who was, an, who, who was an actual icon. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so if I'm you, Baltimore Cheryl Lee Ralph. Thank you very much. <laughs> so if you know her contact information, I will bother her to get on this podcast. Yeah, oh. for, for folks who don't know, right, Cheryl Lee Ralph was one of the original dream girls. Okay. Yeah, on Broadway. So yes, yes, check that out. The original yeah. Dina Joan. And I'm not gonna get into any fights with Beyonce fans about Beyonce's <laughs> version of Dina Jones. But let's just say Cheryl Lee did it better. Did you I'm not to, afraid of that. Did you happen to see Dream Girls when it came to center stage? I did. One of my <clears throat> one of my exes was actually in Dream Girls. Who um, was he? Dana Nearing played um, the villain. Oh gosh, who was the bad guy in Dream Girls? The one uh, who was uh, Jamie Foxx's character. Yeah, yeah. So my my ex Dana played that that character when it was here in Baltimore. I thought it was great that that whole, it was so good. It was perfect. And we went on a night where people were yelling and like, as if we were in a movie theater, yeah. which is like, yo, we are, 
we're watching people perform live you're like throwing them off and, and but, especially um, in that space where it's so intimate like it's such like a theater in the round like not, th- not directly theater in the round but it's an intimate space yeah i thought that was like yeah center stage is like one of my favorite one of my favorite places but yeah i thought that was well yeah center stage has some great productions i really wanted to go to it was like the folks at home i think it was called Oh, I just saw that. Yeah, it just closed, I think. It was good. It was good. I, yeah. I, it was good. You need to get the center stage go pass. Okay. You're still, you're still under 40, right? Yes, I am going to be in literally in a month and a day. I'm going to be 27 years old in a month and a day. I'm just messing with you, Brian. <laughs> no, I want I to... I you were under 40. I want, I'm saying that because 27 scares me. So I'm the more I say it, the like... The more oh my real, gosh. The more real it Don't becomes. Let, two things. One, get the go pass from Center State. <laughs> support it's your $60. local theater. Support your local theater. Go pass is $60 if you're under the age of 40. They start selling them in the summer. So, okay. like, I'm going to send like a blast to all my friends. Like, hey, yes. it's time to buy your go pass. $60 for 60 shows. That's Sorry, amazing. $60 for six shows. It's a really good deal. And then, prior. 27 don't be afraid of 27 you'll be i'm i'm only afraid of it because have you heard of like the 27 club no so the 27 club is all these like famous like singers that have died when they were 27 did amy winehouse die at 27 amy winehouse kurt cobain (laughs) janice joplin Jimi hendrix Wait a second. So again, you're putting yourself in that icon. Yes, I the fuck I know, but I'm just saying, like, I just <laughs> I, I equate the 27 with like a bad like it's it's just it's a scary age because it's like you're real like now you're in your upper now you're in your like upper 20s, like because like 25, 26, like oh you're in your mid 20s, 27, people be like oh yeah he's in his upper 20s now. Oh my goodness, that's so true. Yeah. Well, you know what? If this is one of your last podcasts, like, <laughs> it's been real. It like, has thank been you. real. <laughs> it has, we, we've talked about everything. We've talked about Grinder. We've talked about helping LGBT youth. We've talked about center stage. We've talked about death. We've, like, we've talked about everything. We managed to do it all. Hello? And that, that's all that matters, is that we can have a fully rounded conversation. And then you'll turn 27. And then I'll turn 27. And yeah. But I will have this podcast to show for it. That's all that matters. So over it. I I think that is a great wrap up to our conversation. Thank you, Philip, for being here. Where can people find you? Yes. Okay. You can find out more about my organization, Free State Justice at freestatejustice.org. We have a clinic coming up on April 26th, and it's going to be hosted at OpenWorks from 3 till 6.30, and there'll be some more things on the website about that. You can also always go to philipwestry.com. That website is apparently still still owned by me. You can also find me on Facebook at Philip Westry and on Instagram at Philip Westry. Twitter at, at Philip Westry. That's amazing. So thank you again. If you want to find me, I am Pariah Sinclair on everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Venmo, Cash App. You can go to PariahSinclair.com. I'm I'm going to be updating my website. That'll be happening soon. But keep up with the gigs. Go to my Instagram. I have like a little story highlight for all my gigs. 
I hope you have a lovely day, Philip. Thank you again. Hope everyone that is listening has a great day, great night. Goodbye.